a movie? Favorite, single word. A man is leading a crusade against the forces of evil and he's he's led this rebellion of the Scots against the English. It's a massive warfare kind of, it's a guy movie. Ladies in the house, no. But it's a guy movie and he's at it's at the end of the movie and he's been captured quite by trickery and retrograde. Oh, it's horrible. And they've laid him out on this slab of stone and wood and they're torturing him to no end. And what they want from him is to say that all that he's done is bad. It's wrong. and You give up and you're evil and as he lays there racked with pain he makes a gesture to his torturer as if to confess and the torturer silences the crowd and the character musters every ounce of strength that he has left and says one thing you know it Because I am willing to lay down my life. Freedom. Freedom. It has been the theme of history time and time again. Oppression and freedom. Oppression and freedom. Kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall for freedom. Men live and men die for freedom. And we are here this morning free. Free. I want I, I just want to say welcome to freedom welcome 
to what could be for you. Welcome to what might be for you. Freedom. Welcome to the possibility. Welcome to the potential. Welcome to what might be. Freedom. In Isaiah, there is a passage of Scripture that when Pastor Allen asked me about the possibility of sharing today, this immediately came to my heart. It is part of our, it's, it's one of the scriptures that we use sort of foundationally in our ministry. Now, let me just back up just a minute and explain for, for our guests in the house. I'm not the pastor of the house. I serve on the elder team. There are four of us who serve as elders in the house. Um, we love that role. We feel called to that role. God has used us to do good things, great things, uh, and, and we enjoy that. But I'm not the pastor, okay? He'll be back next week. So if you don't like this, come back next week and give him a shot because he's much better than I am, much better looking. He's younger. He's more energetic. He's, he's, he's the bomb diggity, okay? So... But for purposes this week, um, as, as I was looking at this, um, I, I thought about this concept, you know, it's Labor Day. What a, who thought of that, really? I mean, I know the history of it. Oh, but, but in my mind, labor, it's a five-letter word, but it could be a four-letter word. I mean, labor, Labor Day, Labor Day. It doesn't even, you can't even say it happy. Hey, it's Labor Day. No, it's Labor Day weekend, right? Labor Day. And I thought the antithesis of that is, I think we should have called it Freedom from Labor Day. Freedom from Labor Day. So I'm renaming it for this house. It's Freedom from Labor Day, okay? So in that, I I thought of this scripture. And, and if, Andrew, if you'll just go ahead and put it up. I want to read this and see what God would say to us out of this. Okay? You with me? Okay, now hold on. Those of you in the house know I spent my entire career around teenagers. Okay? When you ask teenagers a question, what do they do? Oh, they're going to answer you. They're going to give you much more. Say, okay, so, so I need just a little more from you. Okay? Are we ready? Okay, there we go. Okay, see? There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. A highway shall be there. Now, this is one of Isaiah's messianic prophecies, meaning hundreds and thousands of years before Jesus came on the scene, he prophesied this. He's writing, and he's writing in the voice of God himself. Okay? A highway shall be there and a road. It shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go upon it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed shall return and come to Zion, 
with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness. Can I just see the hands of, of anybody who needs just a little joy and gladness in life? Oh, good. I'm in good company. I'm right there with you. Joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing or mourning shall move away, shall just not be in the... No. Sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Okay, I want to go to the first. Go back to the first. Now, Andrew, I want to read this. Now that you've seen it, I want to just... Let's go back. Okay, a highway shall be there. A highway shall be there. Now, I'm a pictorial guy. See, in my mind, I, I just, you know, I see things. Okay, so let me just talk to you about... A highway. I grew up in uh, uh, most most of my time. I grew up as a young adolescent in Marietta. I was born on the east coast of Florida. Dad moved up here when the Apollo program shut down. Grew up uh, down in Marietta. Okay, my grandparents owned 140 acres up in Blue Ridge. Do you know where Blue Ridge is? North Georgia, almost to um, almost to uh, North Carolina. Okay, so you got the picture there. In that time and season, I loved to be at my grandparents' homestead. I did not enjoy getting to my grandparents' homestead. Here's why. In that day, in 1970, um, There was one way to get from Marietta to Blue Ridge. It was the road right out here. Some of you are nodding your head. You've been around. You know what I'm talking about. At the time, it was not this nice. It was a two-lane road that went from Marietta called Old Highway 5. We called it, didn't we? We didn't call it Old Highway 5. We called it Highway 5. And it was a two-lane road, not too bad, from Marietta to the Dairy Queen. Because it was a glorious experience. Because my daddy knew that he could keep me quiet with a soft freeze ice cream cone for a little while if we stopped at the Dairy Queen in Canton. You know where the Dairy Queen is? It's been there a long time. Glory to God. Right? Marietta to Canton. Eh. Half hour, 45 minutes, sometimes traffic was bad. From there, and that glorious event, to my grandparents' home could take anywhere from two hours to unknown, depending on if you got behind a tractor in LJ or Jasper. Because the, the road is so crooked and twisty that you can't get around them because somebody's going to be coming the other way. So that journey was painful for a young teen male who was destined to travel 140 acres. Slosh. This is the one time when my mama didn't care if I came in dirty. It's like, oh, go on. Because they just take your clothes off in the creek and rinse them out. And you stand there going, but listen. 
It was a blessed event for a young man. When my prayers were answered, Highway 575, I don't know if you're aware of this, it exists because of my prayers. I prayed that highway into existence so that we could get from Marietta. I can go from my my, uh, parents now live on the property. I can go from my house in Canton, and if I needed to, I can be there in just over an hour. Glory to God, I get the Holy Ghost shakes about that. I don't have to stop. I'm I'm boogity, 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 boogity. Right? A highway makes passage easier, swifter, better, less complicated. And he has built a highway of holiness. For you and for me. The unclean shall not pass on it. Now, what? I'm sorry. But if you don't know, if you don't access, if you don't place yourself in the hands of the King of kings and Lord of lords, you can't get on the highway. I'm not making it up. The unclean shall not pass over it. Now, how difficult is that? Oh, I got to work before I get saved. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got I to gotta, I gotta get. How many times, honey, have we heard this? I just need to clean some things up before I come to the Lord. Doesn't work that way. Let me show you how this works, okay? Flip to the next part, Andrew. But the redeemed shall walk there. Uh, let me tell you what that's like. My first job, uh, uh, my parents were great parents, uh, but there were five of us, and um, my dad worked, my mom stayed in the home, so there wasn't a ton of extra. Uh, does that make sense? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. That was back in the day when if you, if you wanted some money, you went and got a job. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> Sorry. I'm feeling the hate eyeballs right now from everybody under 16 years old right now. Um, so so um, I went to work when I was still in high school, and my first job was at the Kroger. Okay, And now what we called it was a bag boy. I'm sure they have a fancy name for it. The certified specialist in charge of taking baggage out to the cars. Uh, I'm sure they got a fancy name for it. It's still a bag boy. Okay, And now um, some of you will relate to this. Kids, I'm sorry. I'm an old guy. This will shock you, but, but soda used to come in a glass bottle. Okay? And long before we understood the word recycle, we recycled those glass bottles. Okay? Here's what would happen. Um, people would come in by the millions. It felt that way anyway. And they would bring these bottles, okay? And they would bring them back to the Kroger. And they would just be on this huge conveyor belt, those, those rolly things. And they would just load these bottles all up. However, the Coke bottler did not care about the Pepsi bottles, 
right? You, you follow where I'm going. So the bottles had to be sorted. Guess who got that privilege? The bag boy. The certified bottle handler who uh, went to the back every night when the rush was over, the front-end manager would say, okay, Adrian, go back there and sort the bottles. And I'm not kidding you, if it were a, if it were a heavy day, there would just be hundreds of bottles that had to be sorted, right? But once that glorious event happened, the bottler would show up and he would say, I'm going to take those bottles and I will give the store, okay? There was a, watch this, there was a redemption of the bottles, The bottler would take the old bottles and say, I'm going to redeem these. I'm going to to cleanse them. I'm going to purify them. And I'm going to use them again for my purposes. Well... Look, I grew up in church. I'm not making fun of anybody. I really have heard people. Okay, so there's a a redemption process. When something is redeemed, it's taken from the state that it was in. It is surrendered to someone who can do something with that thing that is totally better than the where it was. Okay? S&H green stamps. Anybody in the house? Anybody? S&H Green, glory to God, I feel the anointing on you, brother. Listen, sorry kids, we're reminiscing this morning, just get over it. There used to be retailers who would, when you shopped with them, they would give you these stamps, and you'd take these stamps, and you'd put them in books, and you'd keep all these books, and then they gave you a book of stuff. I mean, it was good, oh, it was glorious stuff. You guys have lost the ability to understand a catalog. It doesn't mean anything to you because you just whip out the phone and you look at anything you want to look. There's a glorious thing called a catalog, and you can just lick your fingers and slits the pages over. It's a wonderful thing. Y'all have lost that. All you got is an old cell phone. Ain't nothing compared to a catalog, dude. Glory to God. And so we would take these stamps, and when you got a certain amount, thousands, you could trade them in for something that you wanted out of the S&H Green State. Anybody ever, you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are looking at me like, this man is crazy. Green stamps, S&H Green stamps. Listen, it's the same thing here. The redeemed, listen, you and I, we're an old bottle, right? We're just a bottle, empty. We got nothing in us, maybe some ants because... There was some leftover stuff down in there. And And the Redeemer said, I will take that bottle. I will cleanse it and make it new and use it for my purposes. The old man is dead and gone. The new man has come. The redeemed of the Lord have the right 
not to have this drudgery of old Pepsi left over where the junk is there. They got the right to be brand new filled with the glory of God. So, you follow me so far. Highway is a good thing. Being redeemed takes us from that place to being on this highway. Now, the question becomes, if that is true, why is life so hard? You're telling me that I went from being an old empty bottle to a brand new bottle full of the grace and glory of God. Why every day am I wrestling and struggling and fighting with... Mm, 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 mm. Well, there's this thing called freedom. I'm going to do a shameless plug here. We're starting a brand new freedom class in September, on September the 28th, 2016. Going to happen on Wednesday nights. Children, adults, whatever. We're going to walk you through four aspects of walking in freedom that we have found over the years helps many, many people stop being Stop functioning. Stop walking in this old way. Because, see, here's, here's what happens. Paul talks about this a lot. The old man, the new man, and the flesh. Okay? The old man is dead and gone and buried. The new man is alive, made alive by the redemptive power of the cross of Christ. But there is this, this flesh... It's the stuff that we are made of, the thoughts, the memories, the, the hurts, the pains, the, the stuff of life that we have experienced up to the cross of Christ, and even after the cross of Christ, that we have to walk with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords through. Here's one area that we have found that hinders people from walking fully free on the highway of holiness. We call it generational iniquity, okay? Now, um, let me describe it this way. Sir, I would imagine that if I had a picture of your father and mother right here, and we made you stand up between them, everybody in this room would say, oh, I see the likeness of your father or your mother. You've got your mother's eyes, you've got your dad's nose. There would be physical features because of this thing called genetics, right? You got DNA and it comes together and it creates likenesses, okay? We don't have any problem with that. I mean, it's pretty easy to see when people are related. Follow me so far. It's amazing, however, that when we talk with people about 
tell us about your spiritual heritage, that suddenly they get, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I don't know what you're talking about because I came to the cross of Christ and there it is. All that's in the past, okay? Hmm. Hmm. Well, maybe. Maybe not. And so we walk through a process with everyone who goes through freedom with us. We walk through a process of releasing things that are genetically, spiritually speaking, handed down. Now, inevitably people, once they walk through that with us, they're like, what about my kids? (laughs) Same thing. Now that you have the tools to deal with it, you can help them walk free. You can break things off of them. Listen, if, if somewhere in your lineage someone was involved with witchcraft or voodoo or sexual sins or um, any number of things, it's going to be passed down if you don't break that off. It will. And so we walk people through. So that's number one, generational iniquities. Number two, ungodly beliefs. Ungodly beliefs are things that People will go to the mattresses believing that it's true. Can I give you an example out of my own life? Um, I grew up uh, all of my life in the church, and I watched over and 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 over um, in the church. It was uh, giving uh, away of your goods to others, missionaries and things, because we used to have them a lot. It was always... Um, very high in the, in the uh, framework of, of the church that I grew up in. And so consequently out of that, I grew up believing, and I still do to this day, that giving is a very powerful thing that God blesses and God anoints and God, right? That's healthy. What I did, though, was um, the ungodly belief that I had was that I took it a little further and said, So that means if I have anything, I need to give it away because it's evil. You see how the enemy twisted it? The enemy twisted the scripture that says the love of money is the root of all evil in my life and said money is the root of all evil. Some of y'all are looking at me like, oh, man, you are one messed up dude. And you're standing up there telling me true. Listen, the enemy will twist whatever he can to get you to live less than the fullness that Jesus Christ has for you. He will bend anything he can. And in my life, he bent that until I came to the place where I was ready to deal with ungodly beliefs in my life. And that one came up. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to deal with this. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? It's, it's bad when you argue with God, let me just say. It's never a good thing when you argue with God. You're always going to lose that argument. And, and listen, when he asks you a question... He already knows the answer, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm going through things and I'm saying, um, well, what's wrong with that? That seems very holy. In fact, I'm holier than a lot of people. And the minute I said that in my spirit, I was like, oh, oh, oh. I see perhaps that there is fault in myself. Listen, we deal with generational iniquities through forgiving those things and letting them go. 
We deal with ungodly beliefs by saying to ourselves, Father, <laughs> forgive me for believing that, and I forgive myself for being so stupid and believing that. And we can start walking freer. Let me tell you another way, third way. Third, third thing that we have found over the years has hindered people from walking free. You ever tried to walk when you had stuff that just wouldn't let you walk? Um, Lori and I were watching this, um, this fella the other night. Um, anybody seen Bear Grylls? Uh, I think that's... He, he's this dude that... He's a, like... I, um, he's a British paramilitary kind... I mean, he's a... He's frankly a freak. But um, he can like sustain himself on bugs and worms for days at a time. And he goes out and just lives. So he's going through this, this um, and he makes a show of it. They take these people through these arduous situations. And they come out saying, I'm a Superman. Um, but he's going, he has this young lady uh, on this two or three day trek. And they're in Africa and they're going, and they have to get around this waterfall. And there's this crevice that's like this big. The water's flowing through it. And they have to go through this crevice to get to the other side. And I'm sitting there watching it. And my, my, my hands are sweaty. Now, they ain't going to make a TV show of somebody dying or getting stuck, right? So you know they get through it. In my mind, my rational mind, I've got a doctorate. I know they're going to get through this. But my palms are sweaty because I hate being constricted. I don't, I don't even like a tight blanket, right? I just don't like it. This whole concept of walking free is very appealing to me. It's very appealing to me because I don't like to be constricted. I don't like to be constricted by my generational stuff. I don't like being constricted by my thoughts and beliefs, and I especially don't like this third one. We call it soul, spirit, hurts, okay? Now, we spend a lot of time outlining this for you in the class, but soul, spirit, hurts are basically this. We walk through life and get wounded. How do we get wounded? Because we walk life with people. And we have a saying... You can take it for what it's worth. Hurt people, hurt people. They don't mean to. It's not, well, some do, but most people don't mean to hurt us. It's just that they're hurt and they react out of their hurt and they hurt us, okay? Do you know you can walk free of that? You can absolutely walk free. And it's through forgiveness and letting the cross of Christ Keep you on the highway to holiness. And we walk you through how to do that. The last thing is, and the, the beauty of this scripture is that, uh, go, go back to the scripture just quickly here, because I want to show you this. I'm not making this up, okay? We've seen this part. Go to the next slide. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast go upon it. It shall not be found there. This is typology. This is indicative of the enemy. He cannot go on the highway of holiness. He cannot exist there. He cannot walk there. Why not? Because it's the rules. He cannot walk there. So as we walk on this highway, we can walk free. 
His interference in our lives. So when we walk, what are, what's the result of walking on this highway? We are redeemed. We were over here, dirty bottle. We became redeemed. We became a clean bottle. And now we can get on this highway and begin walking free of the things that hinder us, that, Paul used the word, beset us, that, that's, that keep us bound. We can walk free. There are three reasons why over the years we have talked with so many people about, hey, come walk with us on this journey to freedom. We're going to give you some tools. See, that's the purpose of it. It's not to, to do something for you. It's to give you the tools to con- not just get free but walk free, right? If you get free and then you're standing in the highway, what's going to happen? What happens to a possum that stays in the highway? Roadkill, frisbee, whee, right? The purpose, you got that. Okay, so, so the purpose is to equip you to walk the destiny that he's called you to walk. Here's just three of many, but there are three things why some people don't, don't do this, okay? The first one is this. We're going. There it is. Right? When I got saved, everything became perfect, right? Here's where that comes from. It actually seems to be scriptural. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay? That's glorious. Can I show you what that's talking about? Old bottle... New bottle. But what doesn't come out in our language is that that become new actually talks about, it's a, uh, it's a tense in the Greek, and it really means a past event with ongoing consequences, not completed consequences. So the event happened... But it has ongoing consequences as I become more and more and more Christ-like, I can become new. So this is misunderstanding, number one, and why some people don't seek freedom from the Lord. Because they think something happened instantaneously. Yes, it did. You were redeemed. You have been translated. The old man is dead. The new man has come. But there is a process of retraining the flesh. So that it acts less and less like the dead man and more and more like Christ. Follow me? Okay. Misunderstanding number two. My past no longer affects me after salvation. Now, if you're a young Christian, just keep your hand down. Anybody that's been a Christian longer than five years, is this true or false? Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's like, <clears throat> that's like saying, um, well, I'm going to get married, and uh, my glorious bride, it's going to change everything. And whatever happened in the past is in the past. We're going to forget it. Heaven help you. 
All the married people are laughing right now. You single people just keep on believing that. It's all good. You think you're going to change that man once you get married. Oh, he's going to change. No, he's not. He is not going to change. I don't care how much you love and hug him. He ain't going to change until the Holy Spirit gets a hold of him and begins to change his life. That's what I'm talking about. The Lord can do miraculous things with him. He may be a soft-bellied couch potato right now, but when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of him and redeems him and begins to transform him, he can become incredible. Okay? Misunderstanding number three. Once I'm saved, I'm going to automatically grow more and more Christ-like. Again, all the Christians in the room who've been in in their game for more than five years... True or false? You must be intentional about becoming more Christ-like today than you were. This thing is fighting me. I'm sorry. I'm fixing to grab that thing. I don't know. My ear's sweaty. I don't know. You must be intentional about becoming. Listen, I want to say this to, to all of you, but especially young people in the house. Your intentionality is measured in your heart, not in your actions. We'll say that again. Your intentionality is measured in your heart, not in your actions. You can sit down every morning and you can read this with one eye closed because you're tired because you stayed up too late the night before and you think you're getting something out of it and you can say to your friends, well, I read my Bible every day and I pray every day. No, you don't. You read words on a page and it ain't making a hill of beans because your heart is not in it. You got to be intentional. And the intentionality, part of the intentionality is when the Lord brings truth to you, what do you do with that? What do you do with the truth that He brings to you? I'm telling you today that there is a highway that you can get on. And that highway will take you quicker to the place of Christ-likeness than if you stay on the two-lane road you're on right now. It really will. Whether you come to the class we're offering is your business or not. What I'm telling you is there is a speedier way for you to deal with the things that are hindering your walk than what you're currently walking in. And it's called intentionality to get and stay on the highway of holiness. Here's how confident I am in this. Whether you ever show up on a Wednesday night for a class, and all y'all can't come because we can't hold you. We're in a little room back there. But we'll do it a couple times a year. But here's the truth. You will come across things as the Holy Spirit leads you in your walk that have to do with your ancestors. You will. And you can choose to deal with that or not. If you deal with it, things sure will go a lot quicker. You're going to deal with some ungodly beliefs. There are some things you believe about the kingdom and how it works right now that aren't true. Who knows where you got it? Could could be a variety of different places that you got it. 
You see, we in America don't really understand a king. We think a king is a bad thing. Because our heritage is freedom from a king. A king is a good thing. And when you meet the king of kings, and you really start living according to kingdom rules, wow, it's going to blow your mind. And finally, those soul spirit hurts that you have that you think, I just can't get over this. It just hurts so bad. It's going to affect me the rest of my life. Doesn't have to. Doesn't have to. There's a highway that you can enter. And when you enter this highway, joy and gladness are your portion. And it is a very, 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 very great walk with the King of Holiness. And as you walk this way, man, you're going to discover that you were created for so much more than you ever thought you were. Would you bow your heads with me?